Tony has an awesome story to share with you guys. I'm going to interview him here in just a few moments, and I want to share an encouraging message with you guys. Um, but I just want to just share his story. You know, so many times um, when we're speaking in churches or especially in universities in the States, people often say, well, you know, why are you forcing your religion on people? Why Isn't this colonialism? Isn't this like, you know, what we should not be doing? And, you know, Tony's uh, story shares a message of hope and the reason why we go and why we share. So Tony, uh, he's a, our pastor friend in Thailand. He's um, we've been planting churches with him, and it is such an honor to be doing the work with him. Um, you actually first heard the gospel uh, whenever you were eight years old. Can you just share what that was like? Okay. Um, when I was eight years old, my, my, my school, they have like a Christian group there, like a, a mission team and, and Thai people. They share about gospel, give Bible, and they have like a Christian drama. So that's the first time I knows about other religions that we have because we in Thailand we just think about oh we have only uh, Buddhists in in the, our country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really an awesome miracle and a testament to going. Uh, so many times we have an opportunity to go into schools and youth prisons and share the gospel for the very first time. This is what we do. We need to do this with Tony now. Um, it's just such a fun thing to do and it's, it's such an inspiring thing to do. But um, what, what people find really fascinating is that you were actually once a Buddhist monk, kind of like in the video that we just saw. And I got a picture to show. Oh, they're so cute, right? <laughs> that's him on the right. It kind of looks like him, right? Um, that's him many years ago, many many years ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago, but you were actually 12 years old whenever you became a monk. Do you want to share that? Why did you become a monk, and why do a lot of Thai uh, boys and men become monks in their life? So in primary school, like, um, they invite students to, like, training and learnings about Buddhists in, like, a summertime. So this is the, the, the first year, like, I, I've been there because uh, my family is support us to uh, study about Buddhism because they say if we are uh, Buddhist uh, and learn about Buddhism so they can go to heaven through our, like our Buddhist, our being. So this is, um, they support uh, all the child or uh, Thai guys or Thai boy to be a monk. Absolutely. And so to clarify, they actually really do believe that by their, their son being a monk, that their family will have a chance, especially the mother will have a chance to go to heaven um, in the next life. Now, to clarify, heaven is a temporary place and hell also, they believe in hell, but again, a temporary place for punishment or reward for the good deeds or bad deeds that you did in this life. And then you come after that, you've gotten your reward or you've gotten the punishment, you actually come back to earth. And as an endless state of reincarnation, they have no idea how many lives they previously lived. They have no idea no idea how many lives they'll live in the future. They just know that's an endless state and that hopefully, maybe possibly, one day their good deeds will outweigh their bad deeds so much so that they'll achieve nirvana, which is a state of complete non-existence. And so how, do we, how many of you know that the hope of Jesus is a hope that's far greater? Amen. And Tony, you found this hope. You actually made a decision to follow Jesus when you were 15. Why don't you share that story? Okay. Then when I'm like grow up and, and I, when I, I've been the monk, I have a lot of questions about um, Buddhism and about, about life and about heaven and hell. Because they say if you do good things, you go to heaven. You go do bad in every day, I go to hell. So because they're young people, I like do crazy, I do like a young boy every time. So I feel like, oh, if I die in that day, I, I could go to the hell and I don't want to go there. Then one day, uh, my friends, friends from church, they came to uh, visit me at home and they 
invite me to church. In that first time, I went to church and I feel like, wow, this is like the the thing that I learned before when I'm age. And then, like in that day, they talks about Jesus' love and talk about uh, Jesus like die on the cross and clean your sin and He can like take you to the heaven if you die in that today. So I feel like this is an answer that I I try to find for a long time, and I felt like. Okay, I need to go back home and pray and things about this because all the families are Buddhism, so they quite strong in Buddhism and I'm a bit scared of them. And then yeah, I just get pray and like about about a weeks and then I made decision by myself to to receive Jesus to be us. Like life. That's incredible and really, truly, honestly, a miracle and answer to the prayers of the saints all over the world because uh, I say it's a miracle because most people in Thailand have never spoken to a Christian, even still today. And the fact that um, he had a, a team that came and shared the gospel, miracle. The fact that um, he had a friend and uh, a church that was close by to him, miracle. And so God clearly had his hand on his life from the beginning. Um, and it was so, it's just so cool to be able to see how God continues to we the tapestry of his life. It's such a beautiful image, and we're so thankful to be able to do ministry with him. Now, you have a heart for young people. Can you share your heart and your future for the hope of Thailand? So, I after I uh, study it's about Jesus more and more, like, and I feel like when I grow up, I want to serve God and want to tell about Jesus to other young people in Thailand because I know they have uh, if they know God. In their young age, so they can grow up and they can be like a good uh, servant God, or they can be like like a good person, can develop country, can be a good life because they have hope, they have love, they, and they can share love for people. So I, this is my like my heart to uh, share the gospel to like young people in the school or university or like in the communities. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing that testimony. It's so powerful. Whenever you leave the, the, the sanctuary today and you exit the lobby, grab a prayer card of ours. Whenever you pray for our family, can you also pray for Tony that God would continue using his life and be able to lead him, give him direction on these next steps? And he has open doors like everywhere he goes. He knows he's very famous in his hometown, and he just we have so many open. When we go to share, when he opens up doors for us to go to youth prisons or go to um, different places, different in anywhere we go, it's always like. Um, we always receive more invitations afterwards. Like, oh, my brother is the principal at this school. You got to come, come share. And we literally have to turn away opportunities to share the gospel because there's not enough time and not enough workers. So please pray that God would send workers. That's how Rachel and I felt called to Thailand as we were praying that God would send workers to Thailand because the harvest is ready, but the workers are few. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Tony. Really appreciate it for sharing your testimony. You can talk with him after after service in the lobby as well. What well, is? Good to see you this morning, and good to be sharing with you those who are online. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, you can check out our website for more information: gopalgo.org. This church has been so faithfully supporting our ministry for so many years before we even got to Thailand. Thank you, thank you, thank you again for giving to missions. Every single month, we we see the the, the gift that you guys give us, and we hear testimonies, and we hear prayers, and we pray for you guys. You guys are on our prayer wall at home in our house in Thailand. And it is such an honor to partner with you guys. Well, 
Thank you, Pastor Kevin, for the opportunity to share with your team this morning. Just a brief encouraging word. Uh, what I feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to us in this season. My prayer is that you walk away just kind of inspired and aware of the need around the world. And obviously, too, how your, your giving and your sacrifice is making a huge difference around the world. You know, it's truly an honor to be back in the States this year to be able to remind people that Christ continues to build his church. Amen. Oh, it's so it's so inspiring right here locally, what you guys are doing in this community and other partner churches and then and then and then nationally around the states and then globally, all the missionaries you guys support around the world. You know, in Mark 16, 15, Jesus outlined the mandate for what followers of Christ are to do. He says to go into all the world and preach the gospel to some of creation. No, all of creation, right? All of creation. This command or great commission that over the centuries we've really come to call it this great commission, the task, this is the task that we still have. It's unfinished today. It's not finished. How many of you know that? It's still, we're still at work and we get to do this in partnership with Jesus and it's a great partnership. So there we find the mandate as followers of Christ and then Jesus's famous last words Uh, He shares with us before he ascends to heaven. He says, uh, gives us the game plan in Acts 1-8. Many of you know this. I love this. When I was like 18, I wanted to get this like tattoo to my shoulder. If you're an 18-year-old on here, just wait. Like if you want to get a tattoo, just wait a few years because I promise things change. I still love the verse, but you know, it's it's in here. (laughs) I'm not advertising against tattoos. I'm just saying, you know, wait a couple years. (laughs) But Jesus says, it's a powerful verse. I love it. It's his invitation to Jerusalem uh, to share his message in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, to us as followers of Christ in this century, in this decade, that translates to this city, right? This city, this nation, the states, the United States, and around the world. But do you know when we pray, when we say to the, the ends of the earth, that's so relative to where we are geographically. Do you guys know, you guys know that Jesus was not born in America, right? I mean, if you do, that's all great. It's all good. But I mean, history, hello. <laughs> you know, no, Jesus, whenever he spoke these words, um, it's really relative to where we are geographically because whenever Jesus gave the commission to go and to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, the ends of the earth were places like what is now the United States. For the first time I thought about that, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is a lot bigger than me, right? It's really crazy. I love sharing this, this same message or similar messages, speaking from the word of God in Thailand because we share with them, like, Tony, hey, come to America, be a missionary. I, I just have some really good friends who are serving with us in Thailand that are now missionaries in Arizona. How awesome is that? They're actually from Argentina originally, and God is just moving powerful ways, and so it's amazing. It's amazing. How many of you know the United States needs some missionaries too, amen? But what's important is that we are in step with the Holy Spirit, wherever he's leading us to go, because he knows perfectly the puzzle pieces of our life, the puzzle pieces of creation, everything, and he is writing a beautiful story, and we get to do it with him. Now get this, we are all byproducts of apostles and missionaries, every single one of us. You might think, no, I'm the exception. I'm generational, many, many, many generations of pastors and Christians and whatnot. No, you are able to be in a church freely worshiping a risen king because someone, someone sacrificed something, if not everything, so that you and other people in your previous generations will be able to have the opportunity to call on the name of Jesus. Now, some sacrificed great, successful jobs, some sacrificed seeing their family, some sacrificed their very lives. And behind every missionary that sins, behind every missionary that, that sacrifice is a church that sins. 
Behind every single missionary is a church, a powerful church used by God to send, to pray, to send, to go. And what's helped me really greatly in understanding my role in the Great Commission is shifting my perspective on like what missions really is. Missions is not just a ministry of the church. It's not just a bulletin board out in the lobby. It's not just a, a theme for a month or for a week. No, missions is the very lifeblood of the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's something that we all get to do together in partnership with Jesus. And the church the church, not the building, but the church, amen, the big C, the capital C church, is the vehicle that the Holy Spirit uses to send throughout their towns, throughout the regions, throughout the earth, to be able to give everyone the opportunity to call on the name of Jesus, the only name that can save them, amen. Most people in Thailand, like I shared before, have never met a Christian before. Well, how can they meet a Christian if people don't go, right? In this one country, there's 84,000 villages, 80,000 of them, almost, just actually, I love sharing this because like, it seems like every month that number goes down a little bit, but 80,000 villages have still no access to the gospel. Do the math there. The, the, the church is growing in powerful ways, but my goodness, every day people die without having the opportunity to call on the only name that can save them. Where does that leave them? Every time we do an outreach and present the gospel, we are constantly turned, uh, we have to turn away those invitations because there's just not enough time to be able to, to share all these different places that we have invitations. It's overwhelming, and the need only becomes more overwhelming when you step off the plane for the first time as missionaries ready to serve and change the world for Jesus, only to realize that the, the, the language is, is different, the, the culture is different, everything, and, and you want to hit the ground running, but you then discover that um, that. You just become very, very busy just surviving and just living in this new land. You know, Rachel, she would attest that while we are extraordinarily busy, we are very busy there. It actually feels like you hit a wall sometimes, some days when it comes to ministry. And the weeks and the months and the years fly by and you begin to recount the cost. God, couldn't we make more of an impact in the United States? We pray this prayer a lot, guys. <laughs> we do. It's something we're still praying, right? <laughs> it's something in our heart. We love America. We do. Some people think, oh, you must like, oh, yeah, look at you. You get to go. You get to leave. You know? No, we love America. We really do. We love this nation. We're very blessed. Our family lives here. Our, you know, our friends are here. So we pray that prayer a lot. I think that's okay. It's healthy, right? Are we providing the best opportunity that we can for our children to grow up in the ways of God? You know, this past term, we really didn't have a chance to go to a church where there was English-speaking opportunities. We had to provide the, the Bible curriculum at home, and we found out we're not very good homeschooling parents. It's rough. It's hard. For those of you that are, bless you. Come to Thailand. Help us. <laughs> but seriously, we, we, this is just something that we think about and we pray about. God, I see the ways that you're using us to lead people to you, but wouldn't our impact be so much greater elsewhere, right? Have you guys prayed that before? And you know, I felt the same thing, and I've asked the same questions too while serving here in the States. You know, God, I feel led to give to this ministry, but I'm not really for sure if it's a meaningful enough gift. I, my extra $10 a month probably won't make a big dent in this giving project or this missions, this missions missionary focus, but it will on my personal budget, Right? God, I want, want to pray for my nation. I want to pray for my pastor. I want to pray for missionaries around the world, locally and globally. But does my 30-second prayer really make a difference? Now, at the end of the day, we all want our life to count. That's fair. That's human. But at the end of the day, most of us are willing to sacrifice only to the extent that we deem something worthy of our sacrifice. Right? 
To an extent, this is actually wisdom. God has, an, has given us the ability to steward the resources that he has entrusted to each of us. This is good, but where most of us fall into trouble is when we, when we begin to see ourselves as God. No, we would never say or assume the title of God, but we actually, we actually um, are more likely to show where our hearts are, the condition, conditions of our heart where we send and spend our money. Money just has such a hold on our heart. And Jesus knew this. And that's why he says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, get this. He says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Friends, where where are your treasures this morning? Where are your treasures? And then he continues in verse 24, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Jesus then goes on to summarize how God cares for even the most little things and we don't have to worry about where our money is going to come from. He says in verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. God loves you. He wants to take care of you. And as we talk about being true followers of Christ, there are two words, two spiritual practices that carry an immense amount of weight. And I want you to get this, just two things this morning. I say just two things, but they're pretty heavy. Are you ready? Obedience and sacrifice. Obedience and sacrifice. First, let's focus on obedience because he is worthy of our obedience. Amen? He is. He's worthy of it. Obedience, simply put, is doing what you've been asked to do. Mm, every parent said, amen, <laughs> right? <laughs> amen. When Jesus commissioned his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, they were obedient. They were obedient. Jesus had proven himself worthy. It says in Philippians 4, 8, that Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus modeled obedience and sacrifice. He didn't He didn't ask them to do anything, the disciples to do anything that he hadn't already done himself. And clearly the disciples, they didn't need to know anything else. They had just an urgency to go based off of a command of a man and of a God who was and today still is worthy, worthy. And now that we are a continuation of that assignment, that that has never, it's never changed. Nothing has changed since Jesus had to go The baton has been passed on to you. Now, will you run with that same urgency as those first followers of Christ did? You know, one time while I was in a pastoral position, I had a person who had major issues with the concept of a tithe, uh, which is giving 10% of your income back to God. And I personally stand by and support the biblical principle of bringing God a tithe and allowing the local church that you're a part of to be a steward of those funds, right? And so um, this person was fine to give 10% back to God, which I was like, okay, awesome, great, let's talk about it more. But when we started talking more, they didn't want to give that tithe to the church. They wanted to be the ones that were giving every, tithe, every part of that tithe back. In fact, they were even willing to give more than a tithe, but they wanted to be able to give that money directly to people. And what I found, you know, I can really understand and totally respect wanting to be a good steward of the money. That's awesome. But I didn't sense that while talking to them that their concern was about being a good steward. Their concern was really a deeper heart issue. 
And I think that was about having control. And the thing about obedience is that it requires submission. It requires relinquishing control. And I got to witness, unfortunately, personally, how events, uh, unfortunate events uh, unfolded in their life and in this area and others because there was an unwillingness to be obedient to those things that God, they wanted control. They wanted to be able to dictate everything and they, they, they weren't okay with that. It was just an obedience a submission thing. Now, Jesus is worthy of your, your obedience as a follower of Christ and friends. He's also worthy of your sacrifice. God sees the sacrifices that you make. Now, sacrifice is a theme that is webbed all throughout the Bible. Once humanity fell into sin in the Garden of Eden, sacrifice has been required to remove the barrier that sin creates. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave himself as the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And sacrifice is still a theme that is webbed within the context of the Great Commission as followers of Jesus. And I can't tell you how many times that we've had open doors in Thailand because we've built relationship and trust with people because they see that we're sacrificing our comfort and sacrificing our lives and living with our friends and family in the U.S. for a cause that is greater than ourselves. They see that. And I can't tell you how humbled and honored that we've been to hear story after story of people who have sacrificed in incredible ways. It brings tears to my eyes thinking about how people have sacrificed and entrusted because of obedience in Christ, allowing us to be the stewards of those resources and to take the gospel where it's never been before or how people have spent extra time on their knees pleading in prayer for us for medical emergencies or praying that God would open up doors and protect our family as we head into dark spiritual places. And how thankful we are when people join us for a period of time on the missions field, maybe for a long time. You're welcome, by the way. This is your official invitation. If you're like, waiting, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, God, please, I know you're turning in my heart, but don't let them ask me. Well, this is your formal invitation. If the Holy Spirit is prompting your heart, if you're young or you know what, I actually just had someone who signed up in, in Texas of all places. No, I love Texas. Two, two uh, weeks ago, they're going to give a two-year commitment. She is 65. She felt called to missions when she was 18. She lived her life in honoring God, but things just never worked out. And now God has brought that back full circle. 65, she's ready to go. She's raising her support too, and she's sharing that, her calling Wow, it's such an honor to be able to be with people who are serving the kingdom of God. Maybe it's locally, nationally, or globally. You know, Paul talks about sacrifice beautifully in Romans 12, verse 1. He says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. He is worthy of your obedience, He is worthy of your sacrifice. I wanted to share that with you this morning. Now, all around the world, Churches have different methods for how they do missions, right? We have different projects that we give to. It's, it's not good or bad. It's just different. But the mandate and the mission of the church globally is the same. Now, here at Silver Creek, your leadership team meets together and asks God to reveal ways for you as a church to, to take part together in this mission locally, nationally, and globally. Now, believe me, there are no shortages of missionaries and ministries, uh, ministry partners, all doing amazing kingdom work. I guarantee you, your team here gets lots of phone calls, lots of requests, but they have chosen prayerfully to, to take on some missionaries and to be a part of missions. And guys, you can trust them. You can trust them to be able to be, be a good steward of them. So whenever they challenge you and ask you, hey, let's give to missions, let's think outside of ourselves, I promise you they're doing that and they're speaking on behalf of God. And it's a beautiful thing. 
And I wish every single one of you could be able to experience what God is doing around the world in person. Whenever you see, after doing lots of hard work and you're sweating because it's hot in Thailand, it is hot. I have to go to Florida to get people to come and serve alongside with me. I wish I was joking, but I come up here to the UP and like, ooh, how hot is it? <laughs> but no, you know what? You guys can make it. You can make it, I promise you. But I tell you what, it's just such a beautiful thing when you get a chance to see people, their lives changed, and then to experience God in a powerful way. Our family is just one of the many missionaries team, missionary teams that you guys support. I want to thank you guys. Thank you, Pastor Kevin. Thank you, team, for allowing us the opportunity to share with you guys. It is an honor. We'd love to talk with you after service. Check out our website, too. Um, be blessed this morning. Thank you, Pastor Kevin. Just a couple things as we close. Uh, first of all, I want to... Um, just say you may have maybe you've not heard of of how the church supports missions maybe you're new to silver creek church you've never heard this before it's a new concept to you what we do is in our giving we give to something called kingdom builders and kingdom builders goes directly to support missionaries just like the powells but then it also supports other endeavors that we do right here at home and everywhere in between because let's face it thailand is about as far away as as a youper could imagine going okay so that's the uttermost parts of the world as the scripture says and this this month the rest of this month we're going to talk about mission critical and this is critical for our world the message of the gospel so you can participate, you can be a kingdom builder in your giving. As we close our service, I'm just going to invite you to stand, and I'm going to do something a little bit uh, different here. I'm going to invite the Powells, and I'm going to invite Tony to come with them. I want you guys to come right down here. We're just going to have one very brief word of prayer, and I'm going to ask a few people to step out and just come and st stand alongside them and put your hand on their shoulder. Don't be afraid. Don't be, if you're on church online, don't tune out. This is not done. We are still, we're still in our service for another minute or two longer. But don't, do not be afraid. Come and, and just put your hand on one of their shoulders. And we're going to pray and ask for God's anointing to rest upon them. Father, in the name of Jesus, just stretch your hand out toward them as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to move. Father, thank you for our new friend, Tony. I pray that you'll anoint his ministry to young people in Thailand, and he will see thousands of kids come to know Jesus and be set free from Buddhism. Father, I pray for Brandon and Rachel and their kids. I pray your protection, your safety, your provision to be upon them. May your, uh, your Holy Spirit anoint them in power, we pray. And God, lead them every step of the way. And may we hear tremendous stories, Father, of those who come to Jesus through their ministry. Father, we thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.